in the sky podcast episode five casual chat about uncasual things i'm luke tony is here <laughs> and we are both present i'm battling a cold a little bit so i might be a bit sniffy or coffee is there another term for a cold because a cold seems like a very colloquial or casual term for well i think have. what it is is the cold is actually there's many different bugs that have the same symptoms right. as a cold because i feel like the cold gives you a cold but it's not quite cold. I think today was almost um, tropical by autumn standards, I think. Yeah. You're just doing a deep dive into see if the cold has Shallow a, dive into... Shallow yeah, see, there's many types of viruses that, ca- that cause the cold, common cold. In fact, over 200 different varieties of virus can cause the symptoms of a cold. So I was right. So it's just cold is just an all-encompassing term for a pain-in-the-ass virus that yeah, could be pretty much anything... One of 200 different viruses viruses. that that give you um, sore throat, blocked nose, headache stuff. How do I catch it off you? Uh, You probably will. We're in the same room, metres apart, sharing the same air. That's pretty much how I caught it off someone else. I was working quite closely with someone at work about two days ago. It was late at night, you know, you'd been pouring over a um, hot laptop monitor for a long time and we'll get for a long time and yeah, things happened and all of a sudden you caught their cold mm-hmm. we work in pretty close quarters at work yeah. so it's going to do the rounds so that's going to be fun I can still hear Ringo barking yeah Ringo being the uh, I was like chocolate pug I don't know, is, it, is it black pug I don't know I'm not sure what he's a, he's, a, he's a pug the pug dog next door and he squelches because he wants to get in and see my white trash neighbours next door. By squelch, you mean barks? Maybe. It's not really a bark. You've heard it. Chocolate pug. Chocolate pug. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't eat their dog. Please don't eat their dog. So, what? Chocolate pug would be brown, though. He's black. Racist. <laughs> don't! Set up. <laughs> ah, move on. Move right along. All right. So, um... Last time around, we started with a hypothetical. <clears throat> just, yep, yep, just yep, to put you on yep. the spot. Are you ready for another hypothetical? I've been, yeah, been pondering what this may be um, mm-hmm. since last week. So, um, you haven't yeah. looked at our shared Google Drive document? <laughs> <laughs> just heave it all on top of me, and we'll see what happens. All right. So this one actually, this one could actually involve Ringo. So the question oh, yeah. I had. Is it about eating pugs? <laughs> <laughs> it's eating chocolate dogs or animals. Now, the the question I had already written down was, what if... I mean, Ringo's not your pet, but... What if your pet spoke to you, but only when you were alone? How would you deal with that? Spoke perfect English. You could have conversations with the pet, but only when it was the two of you in a room. Was... Would anyone so would anyone believe me if I told them? Well, that happened. I don't know if I came and told you. So if I said, I said, oh hey, um, you know my pet, 
I was going to say cock- Ringo because I was going to say cockatiel but then birds do speak to you so. your black pug yeah um, I'll say you know um, let's say um, my pet iguana <laughs> iguana I don't know it's just something I might have you wouldn't have a pet iguana what sort of pet would I have do you think probably a pug yeah, probably a bug. So, okay, we'll, we'll start again. So, you know my pet pug called Iguana? <laughs> okay. Ringo. <laughs> yeah, Ringo. Uh, called, we'll call Stuart. Stuart. Okay. Yeah, um, so, I was like, you, you know Stuart, the pug I have, and you, you'd be like... Ringo? No, no, no. <laughs> That's next door, remember? Oh, yeah. Stuart. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I'm alone, he speaks to me. You'd think uh, I was crazy, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the conundrum. Um, Obviously, you'd want to tell people because it's amazing. Do you know what? I would probably think I was going crazy. <laughs> like, I would think I was going crazy, I think. Right. Um, well, okay. So there's one thing's just struck me. Last oh, week, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> last week, we talked about you live alone, right? Yes. And there are don't, days... Don't, just don't rub my lonely existence, yes. <laughs> There are days where you said you've been to work and like haven't spoken until like 11am. So that, that happened this morning. I was boarding my flight to Auckland this morning and I went to the gate and I spoke and the flight attendant was like, Kia ora, as she handed, which is New Zealand for... New Zealand. Welcome. Māori for um, to, you <laughs> good, to you good health, I think it believes. I, I, think, I, so I think it believes. I believe it's what it stands for. And I was like, oh, Kia ora. <coughs> Because um, I realised I hadn't spoken. Apologies for the loud microphone on that. One. <laughs> no one had spoken to me, so <laughs> I was like, "Hmm, okay." So yes, anyway, um, we're talking about how sad my life is. Is that right? <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, this would remedy that. You'd never have that situation again unless the dog slept in. Because each morning you'd be chatting with your dog. Yeah, it's right. Boring. What do you say to a dog in the morning? <laughs> like, how'd you sleep? <laughs> you're like um yeah alright you thrashed around a bit were you having a bad dream I'm like I always have bad dreams mm. like yeah um I don't want my pet to speak to me you don't want it to I like to speak to the pet I think that's I think this is, this is a one way type of conversation I like to have that's actually interesting because you're obviously that would that that brings in another thing where I mean when you have a pet you know you're the alpha but what if the pet played mind games? Yeah, and it like belittled me and backed me into a corner and yeah. made me feel like an incy wincy wee man. Yeah, or the other, or you could go the other way where you treat it like a dog because it is a dog, but you get a god complex because yeah. you're like in English mentally breaking would, this thing I down. I would treat it like a cute wee baby and make lots of sort of cute talk to it. I what think. if it had like um, like the voice of that uh, dog from Men in Black where it was like a deep husky New York guy? It's a good pug impression as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like you couldn't baby that. You know, I, I, I couldn't. Um, I... What if I gave the dog away? I'm like, like I can't deal with this. I can't do it. Would, would anyone else hear it, or we wouldn't know until I gave it away? The like, dog, the dog will only speak to you. I, I give it away. Is it kind of like? There's that confusion on Family Guy whether they can understand Brian. Brian, and stuff, right? yeah. So I, what I probably do is say to my sister who has a pug already, I'd be like, "Would you like this other pug that speaks to me?" I just find it a bit awkward because it speaks to me. I'll come around and I'll hang out with it and I'll be like, hey, mate, you know, you have, you're have a friend pug and you guys can hang out, but I'm just not really in the mood to be... Probably. But what if... Um, is that cruel? 
like does it need to be mentally stimulated and uh, I think it well, yeah well I think if it's talking it, it must have some different level of intelligence so at least if it was with a second pug it could feel superior to that pug and um, they have pug games and but what if know. the other pug couldn't understand it it wouldn't be able to understand I don't think because yeah, it, speaks, so it, it, speaks, it, it speaks English imagine living your whole life with I suppose people do when they have a dog, but living your whole life with a thing that just mentally doesn't challenge you as you... Because like, that's what situation you're putting this pug in. If you're just saying, I'll give it to my sister and it can hang out with, the, with this other pug, it's like putting you in a room... So you want me to shoot the pug? Is that what we're going to do? Are we going we gonna, to we gonna throw it off a bridge or something? I think it... Um, says a lot about your character that you're resorting to give it away or shoot it well, I'm not going to shoot it I just think you that just it, well, it was depressed <laughs> something's depressed you'd rather put it down than well, we're nurture pills. it um, no I really don't know about this this is, this is actually far harder <laughs> than the one that you gave me last week um, exactly yeah um, what if the pug was kind of like it was. It spoke to me, but it spoke to me at like I guess like with the intelligence of a pug, that would be okay. Right. So it kind of speaks to me where it's excitable about little things, um, and we have a lot of fun together, <laughs> like doing like dog and human things. Whereas if it was trying to, I mean, what if the pug was smarter than me? That would be very weird. <laughs> and okay, then, let's say it was, and could man like be like a manager, like it's. You have a, you have a, I don't want you manage people, right? So, someone rings up saying, "Oh, there's a personal grievance case." And, so the pug and is like my HR consultant. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it, and they're like, um, um, "Here's what's happened. How do I deal with it?" Um, you just say, "Give me 15 minutes. I'll call you back." You talk it over with the pug, who's giving you excellent advice, and then like you ring back the HR department and say, "Here's how you do it," and you get promoted because of it. Um, yeah. Then how do you deal with that? Like, because that's now your your career to what the pug. What does the pug eat? Like, does it still like put its face down and eat slop and gruel, or like, <laughs> does it require fine dining and wine and other things? No, why would it want that? Because it's intelligent; it wants nice things. So the pug still wants to. Well, it still has pug. Taste so the pug bugs. still wants to drink out of the toilet and stuff like that. But pug uh, couldn't reach in the toilet. Don't be ridiculous. What if I leaned it in? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the pug still wants to do like things like disgusting dogs. Exactly things. as so a the, dog. So this pug is intelligent, but it still would smell on the dog's bum if it was like a dog park or something. Yes. Like that or something. So that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm confused. I don't, I'm not sure I like this one. I, 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 it is really distress, distressing me. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'd probably give it away. <laughs> uh, poor Pug. Poor Stuart Ringo. Randall. Ringo. Clive. Anyway. Ringo is... Next door? That's almost, yeah, I mean, apart from a dog next door. That's definitely named after a beetle, right? Someone doesn't call something Ringo without it being a Beatles reference. Is there anything else you could say is called Ringo and it's not about Ringo Starr? Uh, I, don't, I don't think there is really, no. Yeah. Interesting. How do you know the dog's name's Ringo? I've when heard, it's the neighbours? I've heard them say its name. Right. Do you talk to your neighbours ever? No, I, I just shout at the dog. <laughs> I saw them the other day, they were walking the pug out of the driveway and I just sort of smiled at them like, ah, yeah, yeah, it's a dog. Yeah. Huh. 
but yeah, I don't like them because they're white trash. <laughs> unlike unlike and they Mark, leave their bins out. I'm like yeah, I'm like Mark Flat One at the front where we have good bands. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's let's uh, leave the pug chat there. If you have a hypothetical for me to pose to Tony, feel free to tweet it at lits underscore podcast on Twitter. Take a photo of your hypothetical and put it on Instagram. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or use the contact form on lightsintheskypodcast.com. It's not going banned from Instagram by having photos of the hypotheticals <laughs> dot all over the page. But Sorry, I just sniffed and it was gross, so my apologies. I'm not cutting it out. I'm just going to address it and move on. Hey, common cold. You're such a commoner. Yeah. Cold for commoners. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So right. getting into okay, so it was my turn to come up with um, a story. It would be, be awkward if you thought it was my turn. I thought it was your turn. We got to the point <laughs> that there was no story. <laughs> well, we take a week about, and there's genuine concern. Like if I was to start my research again tomorrow, knowing I'm not, I'm not coming in with a story for two weeks. What if I got a week into my research, and then you pull it out on the next? Ooh. Pull out the story on the next podcast. Right, that's the thing we're going to spam for Instagram. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm moving on. I'm going to dive in. So, can you give us the sort of um, <clears throat> mysterious genre you're going for? This time? Yeah, we've we seem to be hitting <laughs> two genres and alternating. So yours is always UFOs. Hey, <laughs> what wasn't? Occasionally UFOs. <laughs> what one wasn't? Then occasionally it's it's UFOs. <laughs> yes. I did that God one. Like every two weeks. I did that God one. What's a God one? The, give me some stretch. <laughs> and I seem to be hitting the ghost stories. Right. So in an effort to combat that, I started looking around and then thought, I'm not going to combat that. It's too hard. So I have a ghost story. Very good. Okay. <laughs> Embrace it. It's, 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 a good, it's good. I like it. There's actually similarities between this one and the um, email we got from the listener. Ah, okay. Yeah. So similar things have happened. Although this one is based around a poltergeist in Tennessee. Whereas this one's like Rickett in Christchurch, New Zealand. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. Right. So this one is The Bell Witch. Have you heard of it? Um, I, I listened to a podcast episode called The Bell on the Bookstore the other day. And I wonder <laughs> if it was anything like that. But uh, anyway. We'll see. We'll see. Um, it does sound like a good podcast. So people should Google The Bell in the Bookstore and have a listen to that Solid podcast. five out of ten, I reckon. <laughs> Solid five. You could do worse, but you could do better. Do better. <laughs> okay, so this is The Bell Witch. Um, or the st- I like think of the Blair Witch. Is that right? Actually, this there's there's talk of this being the inspiration for Blair ah, Witch. Ah, I love a bit of inspo. Yeah, so inspirational Instagram quote. There we go. Back to Instagram. <laughs> the Bell Witch or Bell Witch Haunting is a poltergeist legend from Southern folklore, not Southern New Zealand, Southern America. Centered on a 19th century. Bell family of Adams, Tennessee. Ah, so the, the family name is Bell. That's where it comes yep, from. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. Uh, John Bell Sr., who made his living as a farmer, resided with his family along the Red River in northwest Robertson County. Doesn't mean anything to me. Might mean something to someone somewhere in Tennessee. I think the folks of Robertson County. <laughs> it probably does mean <laughs> something to, to them. them. Yeah. According- but, uh, pr- principally northwest Robertson County. Yes. <laughs> According to legend, from 1817 to 1821, 
John Bell Sr. and his family and the local area came under attack by an invisible entity subsequently described as a witch. The entity was able to speak, affect the physical environment, and change forms. Mm. Oh, sorry, that's a horrible sniff. Oh, I'm battling. Um, late in 1817, one night John Bell saw a creature on his land that had the body and size of a dog. I'll stop it there, <laughs> because dogs are in so many shapes and sizes. This could be a dog the size of Ringo the Pub. Pug. <laughs> Pug. Or it could be like a greyhound. Okay. Your average dog, I guess. What's an average sized dog? Do you think like something like a... Anyway, an average dog. <laughs> yeah, one with four legs and like... Yeah. I don't know. Not, not quite a cat, not quite a cat, not quite a cougar, something in between. <laughs> yeah. um, so he saw a dog-like apparition. Uh, so the creature had the body and size of a dog, but the head of a rabbit. Strange. Mm, okay. He chased it, tried to shoot it, but it got away. John thought he had he had an overworked mind or was seeing things in the darkness. Nevertheless, he dismissed it. So, a strange it animal. It doesn't seem that strange, though. Like, do you think in the darkness, it's like, oh, like I, I'm sure, like dogs have interesting heads at times. Like, look yeah. at a pug. It's a very weird looking yeah, dog. A pug crossed with a something with long ears and a and was dogs a dog. have long ears sometimes. I don't know. I'm still. Let's keep going because so far I'm like, mm, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, so was he. He dismissed it. He's like, well, maybe I was seeing things. Because it was at night, so... He's like, oh, it's perhaps a rabbit, but maybe a dog. Yeah, maybe I'm a really big rabbit. I might shoot it, really but I'm going, I can't make it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay. It, it's... Shortly after this incident, activity moved into the house. I think no, it's into the bedroom. But <laughs> it's just my dirty mind. <laughs> <laughs> moved to the house, not into the house, just moved to the okay. house. The family would regularly be woken at night by banging... <laughs> Hey oh <laughs> Jesus Banging, thumping or knocking Woo! <laughs> You keep on keep on making noises that are way too loud. Sorry, I just fun. just when you when you have such a saucy episode, what do you expect? Um right, was back I? to the banging and banging, thumping. Uh, uh so banging, thumping or knocking on the outside of the house. At first they wrote it off as uh, nature, a creaky house or something banging in the wind, etc. But the knocking grew stronger in intensity to the point where it could no longer be ignored. John and his son would investigate the noises and head outside. However, nothing could be found. The noises would stop while they searched and start again once they headed back mm, inside. Okay. Slightly weirder. Like as they knew that as they were out to, out to hunt down the source, it would um, cease. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The activity then escalated and moved into the house. So this isn't happening across one night. This is happening across a, a period of time. Period yeah. of yeah, a period of time, which is still one night. One night is a period of time. A longer period of time than one night. <laughs> than one night. Oh, squeaky chair. Yeah. Just touching my watch. Um, He's declocking. <laughs> <laughs> I just put my clock on the table. <laughs> What a fine clock it is. <laughs> anyway, back to the, the family. And banging. <laughs> back to the banging. Yeah. Enough clocks. The family would hear scratching sounds inside the house, then inside the bedrooms when they're trying to sleep. 
It wasn't long before they started to hear smacking lips. What are smacking lips? Mouth noises. And That's breathing easy. inside the house at night. Okay. It is. It, that's a fish. It escalated further when the bed sheets started to be pulled off of beds with the people inside. So that's kind of similar to that, that listener story. Yeah, they yeah. said they were hiding under the sheets, yeah. cowering under the sheets like some sort of coward, and uh, felt the sheets like slipping out of their grasp. So a similar thing here. The only difference that this escalated further where the whole bed sheet would be whipped off the bed at pace. <clears throat> Um, that's annoying actually because I do not like making my bed I change my sheets every week but man it's annoying if someone was to pull it off midweek when I just made the bed the screaming children in their bed started to find that the room was empty and there was nobody there once the sheets were whipped off the bed the phenomenon grew further in intensity as the entity started pulling hair slapping and pinching right so it turned violent at the stage it got personal and even stuck pins into family members, um, and with particular emphasis on ben- on Betsy, the youngest daughter. Don't know why. Like just real, was. like real life pins, like would just a- appear in someone's, like say thigh. Well, it wasn't clear, like whether they just feel like they're getting feel like being pinned, like a ghost pin. Yeah. <laughs> whether you see, yeah, whether you see a ghost pin floating across the room, um, like pro- <laughs> yeah, being coming pro- towards you, projected into you. Ouch. Okay, so... Poor Betsy. They started hearing whispers that at first were too quiet to make out. Then that escalated further to hymns softly being sung. Does it say what sort of period of time that this was all happening over? It's across um, something like four years. Okay, so it's yeah. so gradually over a course of four years getting worse and worse and worse. Yep. And it sounds like we're probably not at the... Um, the peak. Yeah. Um, stay tuned. They... I was about to leave, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll stay for it. Eventually, this continued for, to escalate. Wait for the climax. To where they could have conversations with the being. Ooh, okay. The poltergeist identified itself as the ghost of Kate Bats. So the ghost even has a name. I should look up Kate Bats. Was she a good bee? Was she a good what? A good bee? Good bee. Yeah. Like bee, the letter B. Maybe. No, like... <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, I'm just in another tab googling Kate Bats. Genealogy.com, etc. I'll have a look once I've read the... Um, like I say, it's a shallow dive, so I probably should have researched that if it was going to be a deep dive, but it never is. <laughs> anyway, what else? What else? So we had Kate's bat, Kate Bats. Yep. The Bells turned to a family friend, James Johnson, for help. Oh, JJ. After retiring for the evening at the Bell home, Johnson was awakened at night by the same phenomenon. That morning he told... The next morning he told John Bell it was just a spirit, just like in the Bible. And then bailed. Soon the word of not the haunting... Not very helpful, was he? <laughs> not at all. Soon the word of the haunting spread... Like a bit of a dick. With some, with some people travelling great distances to see the witch... The apparition at one point repeated word for word two sermons given 13 miles apart at the same time. So there's like weird like geographic things that it can pull off. Like say if a, if uh, two people are delivering a, a verse or whatever, um, they can, this ghost can 
feed to you live what that person miles away was saying. So it was like, say, a wedding and like there's like a best man giving a really awkward, unfunny best man speech and the, yep. the ghost was sitting back and you're like, oh, well, sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, they've clearly Googled that speech. Yeah, yeah. in 1817 or whatever it was. John Johnson, a son of James, devised a test for the witch, something no one outside really, his family would know. Really, they couldn't think of a more creative name. Yeah, John. No. John Johnson. I mean, John's a good name. <laughs> Let's not forget that, but come on, mate. Something no one outside his family would know. Asking the entity what his Dutch step-grandmother in North Carolina would say to slaves if she thought they did something wrong. The witch replied with his grandmother's accent um, and said, Hut tut, what has happened now? Which is apparently exactly what the grandmother used to say. Okay. On another occasion, an Englishman stopped to visit and offered to investigate. On remarking on his family overseas, the witch suddenly began to mimic his English parents. Weird, right? Again, at early morning, the witch woke him to voices of his parents, worried as they had heard his voice as well. So this witch has learned the guy's voice and gone and haunted the parents. Some kind of like, yeah, right, so it's transcending boundaries and um, distances and... Time and space. Yeah. Yeah. Weird time i guess because it can be in two places at once and space because it's in two places at once <laughs> i think you've explained that really, time and really, space you've explained and that very, time and space explained that very poorly let's continue <laughs> yeah, let's continue <laughs> um the englishman quickly left that morning and later wrote to the bell family that the entity had visited his family in england and apologized for his skepticism so he arrived thinking there's no such thing and then bailed and apologized for thinking there was no such thing so the entity awkwardly arrived at their parents house (laughs) like you don't know me i'm just like this ghosty witchy thing yeah um well no she the ghost appeared at the parents house mimicking the guy so in like the the form of the guy or or the sound of the guy sound of the guy so they were just they were just sort of just chilling in their crib yeah and all of a sudden his voice comes booming in something like that yeah and they're like oh it's the Englishman who's our son who's our son and also English like Englishman who's our son and also English and he repeated something back and yep and then I guess about a year later they found out this happened because it was 1817 and there was very little communication. Yeah, I guess it would take a while to get home. And word them. word came from the motherland. That, yeah. yes. How would you communicate then? Was it like send a letter and it would take months to get there? I'd say so, yeah. It, yeah. Had to, it would have come by a... Um, some sort of a ship. <laughs> yes. Some, some ship. <laughs> Good chat. Yeah. Ship, shipping lanes <laughs> of the North Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, but this, isn't, cough. but this isn't the uh, the shipping. This isn't the historical shipping lanes. The North Atlantic podcast. Uh, it was originally the subject of this podcast some time back, but we decided to move away from it. We'll we'll get it back. Yeah, into it didn't the work with test audiences. Get back into the paranormal, yeah. <laughs> casual paranormal, so yeah. that we only have to do a shallow dive. Exactly, and we can still occasionally talk about our favoured shipping lanes, <laughs> yeah. like the North Star Alpha Bravo Mike. Anyway. Um. At times the spirit displayed a form of kindness, intriguingly, especially towards Lucy, John Bell's wife. So occasionally it would be kind, occasionally it would stick pins in Betsy. <laughs> yeah, to, it was quite different to different people, I guess. Hated the daughter, would stick pins and pull hair yeah. and slap around. Ooh. The um, wife um, 
the wife was referred to as the most perfect woman to walk the earth by, by the, the ghost. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The witch would give. Yeah, we see, keep saying ghosts. They keep saying witch. So, is it just sort of a throwback to the terms of the day? Maybe. Then, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. The witch would give Lucy fresh fruit and sing hymns to her. So Lucy being the wife. So very kind to the wife. Um, however, the witch referred to John Bell Sr. as Old Jack and claimed she intended to kill him and sing- signaled his in- this intention through curses, threats, and afflictions. So I guess that's maybe where the witch thing comes in. It's like right, that sounds all right, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm just I thinking, like, would they just be sort of sitting down and then all of a sudden they hear the noise in their heads or... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. There's no real documentation because I guess it's so, such a kind of old case. It's not like... Um, here's a drawing of it or I mean there are some images on like Wikipedia but it's not like I looked over and then I saw a thing it's yeah. just these are kind of the higher level descriptions of how the whole four years escalated um, it's a long time to put up with those it? it is you'd think move but I guess it's not that easy yeah, in and, sometimes 18, that re- and, and sometimes it doesn't help at all anyway it's just it's not the, the house it's the people that the spirit is linked to but mm. Cool. Anyway. Um, after four years of this paranormal activity, John Bell became ill. The spirit continued to slap, prod, and mock John Bell um, on his deathbed. Um, one day one day he was found dead with a bottle of poison nearby. You know, because everyone has bottles of poison lying around. If I was a spirit, though, you're like mocking this guy, you know, he causes him some trouble, you kill him, and it's like, now he's in the spirit realm. Some if that's shit, how it works, some shit could go down there. Maybe that. Maybe there's a different way that it works. Spirit's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh <laughs> no. And John's like, you're toast now. <laughs> Ghost anyway. toast. Ghost toast, bro. <laughs> um, after John Bell was found dead, Kate left the family and retreated to a cave nearby. The cave is called Bellwitch Cave, and is still called Bellwitch Cave. Um, there's even pictures of where you can hire like canoes and go rafting or whatever or rafts and go rafting yeah Yeah. Um, it's thought that that's maybe the portal to wherever she came from is located inside said cave Um, son of um, son of Mr. Bell and a grandson of John Bell explained that his father had met with his brother this is confusing you don't need like the whole family tree before John Bell's death they agreed no material should be released until the last immediate family member of John Bell Sr. had died right so they kept this whole thing kind of under wraps up until now yep well not now (laughs) up until then so then they released it into a book uh, or a letter um so documenting the case in 1891 okay so it's a long time since yeah so um, extracts from it say now nearly 75 years having elapsed the old members of the family who suffered the the torments having all passed away and the witch story still continues to be discussed as widely as the family name is known under misconception of the facts I've concluded that in justice to the memory of an honoured ancestry and the public also whose minds have been abused in regard to the matter would be well to give the whole story to the world so mm. essentially saying we've kept it under wraps but now here it is and I guess that lets credence to the whole thing if they've sat on it for that amount of time yeah so um, 
according to this person who uh, 70 odd years later he said that um, the manuscripts and things were um, 35 years old in 1846 so the timelines work the timelines work out he claimed his father gave him the manuscript and family notes shortly before his death in 1857 so that's not the guy who died who was poisoned it's the son of the guy who was poisoned um, basically passed it down two generations. Right, okay. Um, approximately 90 pages in length and recorded. Wow, in, okay, it's very, in, very comprehensive. Um, a work called Our Family Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's... Classic sort of like a 19th century understatement. <laughs> that's it, yeah. So there's a book... Um, really old ass looking book uh, from 1961 that is known as the red book and it's the authenticated history of bell of the bell witch um, we can read all about it and yeah so that was the bell witch case so i never heard of that before that's um a rather compelling tale so in tennessee there's like historical the historical society have markers up and things um you can visit the the caves nearby i'm not sure if you can still visit the visit the house but certainly it's signposted um all along the way uh and yeah canoe rental to go into the bell witch cave just throwing this out there not might be a bit forward but maybe next time you you and i are tennessee way we head it up do you reckon i think if i'm in tennessee and have time to kill um we'll probably do that yeah Let's start a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, to get us to Tennessee. Dude. And our listeners, me and you, can yeah. <laughs> can raise money to send ourselves on a trip to Bell Witch Cave. See this bitchin' witchin' cave. <laughs> um, so there, on the Wikipedia page that I'll post up, there are um, sketches of the house and sketches of... Um, is it just like a square with a triangle on top with a smoking <laughs> chimney, or is it better it's, than that? No, it's, <laughs> it's better than that. But there is, like, it's it's strange, because I'm looking at a picture of a woman dressed in all old-timey garb. Well, settle down, getting a bit, getting a bit and sensual here. You would but... think that that's the witch, but it's actually a drawing of the youngest daughter. <laughs> so, oh, right. So kind of still wondering what the witch might look like. There's another illustration from... 1894 of the death of John Bell so it shows him in his deathbed and uh, people milling around but yeah quite cool well not for him (laughs) (laughs) good story (laughs) nice mate good one cool squeaky chair good yarn nothing nothing more sinister than a squeaky chair those noises well, should so that, we dive into some strange, do you think? Maybe? Yeah, I think or? so. I think we've... Um, oh, I never have good ones of these. <laughs> so you're going to do it this time? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so just to explain what this segment is, is called Get Me Some Strange. Um, and we have a book called Mysteries of the Unexplained, How Ordinary Men and Women Have Experienced the Strange, the Uncanny, and the Incredible. It's a 1982 edition. And um, we flick through it, or Tony will flick through it, and I will say stop. We open it up and read a random, strange mystery of the unexplained. So yeah, you take that. All right, pressure being on. Okay, <laughs> okay so... <laughs> right, let's get some good positive vibes on this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so you haven't had much luck the last time I'm gonna you go, did it, I ended um, up taking it off you and yeah. trying again. I'm going back to front on this time. Oh yeah? Okay, ready? Right. Three, two, one, strange. Now, as in stop, right now. Uh, what do we got? Anything nice and bite-sized? We um, have more... What section do we land in? We've, we've, we've gone to one we've had before. Oh, really? The same uh, page? Or a section? Same section. Uh, it's the one on... Uh, I'm not sure what they... What are they caught? The half was at the bottom or the top of the page. Uh, it's, it's obviously about monsters. Oh, like cryptozoology. Yeah. I'm not sure what they call this chapter. Uh, monsters and more. <laughs> Which is a really shit title. <laughs> it really is. This, yeah. So, we got anything bite-sized there, or...? <clears throat> we do. We, we do. Okay. Now, <clears throat> actually, I've cleared my throat. Getting ready now, actually, to clear my throat again. Uh-huh. Okay, um, this is called The Deputy Sheriff. I'm intrigued. Okay. The Deputy Sheriff for Grays Harbour County in the state of Washington described a late night encounter with an unknown animal to Sasquatch investigator Johnny Boy Green <laughs> not Johnny Boy say boy well, Johnny probably <laughs> is it John jo- Green it is John Green <laughs> it happened at 2.35am on July 26 1969 as then 30 year old Deputy Verlin Harrington was driving home to Coppolis Beach along the DK Road after handling an incident at the town of Hump to Tulips. That she says that. <laughs> Hump to Tulips. <laughs> what month in 1969? Uh, July 26, 1969. So that's uh, six days after man landed on the moon. Oh, I was it? just looking up to see how, yeah. how it was in relation to that. Well, allegedly landed on the moon. That's, yeah. Carry on. As his car rounded a corner, Harrington saw a huge figure standing in the middle of the road. His first impression was that it was a bear. To avoid slamming into the animal, Harrington hit the brakes and came to a screeching halt. He then saw that the animal was not a bear. It had a face on it. Talking too loud for the mic. (laughs) Yeah, it had a face on it. (laughs) Its eyes were like the eyes of a night creature. Reflected the headlights. It had feet instead of paws. And it had breasts. <laughs> Why do they always have breasts in this book? <laughs> Does it also describe how wide it is? Yeah. <laughs> it was as tall as John Lithgow with breasts. <laughs> um, it walked to the edge of the road, upright as a person would, but it was not a person. And it had breasts. <laughs> Doesn't say that again. <laughs> Harrington turned his spotlight on its breasts. <laughs> Shut up. Got out of the car with his revolver in hand. So immature. <laughs> he saw that the creature's body was covered with brownish black hair, except for the face, which had a dark, leathery look, and the soles of the feet. The feet and toes were quite distinct, as were the fingers on the creature's hands. The deputy cocked the hammer of his gun and the creature went off into the bush. Its stride seemed short for its size, but was long for a human. In daylight, Harrington went back to the scene and photographed a footprint 18 and a half inches long. The animal itself, he judged, was around 7 to 7 and a half feet tall and its breasts were approximately a D-sized <laughs> cup. <Shut up. laughs> and weighed approximately 300 to 325 pounds. What, the breasts? <laughs> And that's uh, from John Green's book, Year of the Sasquatch. 
Interesting. Yeah. So it was essentially a Sasquatch site. It was. Another female Sasquatch. Yeah. The last time we read from that book and it was a Sasquatch, they also commented on the breasts. <laughs> I have to say that he mentioned on the breasts a lot in that chapter. Somebody did. <laughs> I'm just reading word for word what it said. So, yeah. Um, interesting, eh? Anything else to report? Um, nothing paranormal this week. <laughs> okay. Um, I... Uh, you can say no. No. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, I'm filling time. We've probably gone on for long enough, anyway. So. I think we'll probably hit and the hit the sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Anyway, this is what happens on a Friday night after I've had a couple of beers. All right. <laughs> on that note, uh, we'll... or were they sasquatches? Uh, remember, we enjoy audience participation uh, because it proves that there's more than the two of us in the yep. audience we're still so. working on our fax machine but uh, <laughs> we've got I guess more modern means of communication if you want to get in touch yeah I mean Twitter's Twitter's still there yeah <laughs> <laughs> so don't roll out the fax machine just yet yeah well, we've got the machine but we haven't we haven't crowdfunded the paper yet so <laughs> let's see if Twitter if Twitter fails we'll resort to the fax, fax. machine <laughs> <laughs> until then use Twitter um, so hit us up on Twitter it'll reach both of us if it's worthy um, otherwise uh, yeah usual things like I'm going to cough again <coughs> squeaky chair and cough um, yeah all the usual places like I mentioned at the top of the show out at LITS underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram um, or on our website lightsintheskypodcast.com there's a contact form there so um, tell us your own stories or hypotheticals. Mm. Mm? Please do. All right. On that note, uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for um, downloading. What? You normally just say... I'm doing something different. Going, Thanks for using your bandwidth on this uh, podcast. <laughs> we know you have a choice in podcasts yeah. and we appreciate you choosing ours. Toodaloo. I'm talking to you directly. Oh, I said toodaloo too early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I do download this podcast. So, you do. Yes, but I, I yeah, I, I'm, I'm a listener. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Squeaky jet. <laughs>